Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, Episode 26. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the Budget Minded Traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me today. If you remember at the end of last week's episode, I did say that this week was going to be an opportunity that might hit a little closer to home for some of you that might be a little more feasible. Um, Not to say that it's an easy one. It's a challenge for sure, but it doesn't require traveling on your part. What we're actually going to get into today is the opportunity around high school foreign exchange programs. And I am a huge believer in this. Um, We hosted a foreign exchange student from Germany when I was in high school. And of course, you guys know that I went on to study abroad. um, And one of those years I spent living with a family in Costa Rica. And so I understand, um, you know, from a firsthand experience twice over the impact of what it means to live with a foreign family, um, both from the host side and the student side. And so today's guest is Sierra Fine, and she is the regional director for a for a program called ICES, which stands for International Cultural Exchange Services. So she basically, it's her job to place these students in families every semester and, and school year. So this is an opportunity that might be available to you if you are in the right situation. So I would just ask that as you listen, um, keep an open mind either for you or someone you know who might want to take part in this incredible, incredible exchange. So here we go with Sierra Fine. Hey, Sierra, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks so much. So, okay, I'm super excited to have you on because what we're going to talk about today is something that I totally believe in. And I know that you, I mean, I have, I was a host to a a high school exchange student from Germany when I was in high school. And I know that you have been a host and you have been an exchange student and now you're working for a student exchange um, organization. And so I really just want to dive into this subject because I think that it's something, it's like an avenue to international cultures exchange like it's like travel without even leaving your your house you know and I think that that's a really great thing to bring up to a lot of people who may not be in the right position to travel just yet but this is something that they can offer to their families etc so so true yeah and I always (laughs) tell people it's a cultural adventure at home and especially for somebody that's interested in doing world travel it's a great way to learn about a culture, and then maybe even have a reason to go and visit somebody over there. Because when you invite somebody into your house to be a member of your family, you also gain a family from another country that wants you to come and visit them. That is so true. I mean, when I, my, I always call her my sister. Um, 
her name was Lydia, is Lydia, and she's German, and she came and lived with us my senior year in high school, and that was the year, um, so my brother and I are only a year apart, so he went to college, and that year that I would have been by myself at home, instead I had this German exchange sister, and she's still family to me. I mean, we treat each other like sisters, you know, like I've never had a sister, but we're definitely sisters, (laughs) and I mean, my brother and I have spent Christmas with her family in Europe. And I mean, we've seen each other several times since she's been back to the States. We've been over there. And and yeah, you're absolutely right. There's an element to it that's just you gain a family member, like on top of all this incredible experience of just doing the cultural exchange like itself you know so yeah absolutely but before I get too far into it because I love I really love the subject but um why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself just what your background is and like where you studied and, and kind of just your story sure so I actually first learned about hosting exchange students when I was in probably elementary school we hosted numerous Japanese Russian Um, Spanish exchange students all through my childhood. And so at a very, very young age, I understood that there were lots of different cultures and um, it was so much fun. My sister and I just had somebody to look up to from another country. And I kind of got the travel bug. My mom took me to Paris when I was eight and I fell in love with traveling abroad. So I've gone to Europe. I've been South America. um, I've gone all over the world traveling. And now, um, what I do with the foreign exchange piece of it is I did do a study abroad when I was in college. That was something I wish I had done it in high school looking back just because then I would have had a really strong foundation in Spanish. And when I did my study abroad program, it was a summer program um, mm-hmm. just for about two months in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of that same thing that you feel, you know, they are my Ecuadorian family. Um, I've got a sister um, that she's got a little baby now. I've got two kids myself. And The nice thing with Facebook is that you can still stay in touch with these people really easily, even if they're, you know, halfway around the world. And I haven't yet been able to go back there and visit, but I'd really like to one day. Um, And now what I'm doing with the exchange program, I work for a company called ICES, and it's a nonprofit foreign exchange organization. And so we facilitate bringing foreign exchange students um, from all over the world into the United States. And my job as a regional director is to work with staff in all areas of Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, and we're a national organization, so there's other regional directors. And when we bring students into these countries, we provide a lot of local support. So we find the host families, we counsel and support them throughout the school year and just work with them and hope that, you know, it's a really positive experience. And that's a huge job. I mean, and it sounds so much fun, honestly, because you're getting to meet all of these young and ambitious students, you know, who are putting themselves out there to go overseas and learn this new culture and language most of the time. And what an awesome way to become part of their lives and help out. Yeah. And, and, you know, the heart, it's kind of like being a teacher where, you know, every year I get a new group of students that I get to work with this year, we have about 25 kids just within about an hour of where I live. And I'm organizing a trip, a day trip. We're going to um, do a bunch of fun Montana activities with all of these students. And that is so much fun to get everybody together because you have students from Thailand, from Italy, from Spain, from Brazil, 
all over Europe, you know, in one small town in Montana. Mm -hmm. And it just brings so much culture and enrichment to the families and everybody that gets to interact with them. That sounds like so much fun. I think I would love to go to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can join us if you want. That's awesome. So I was going to ask you, you said about 25, but is that about normal? Um, Like, is it per semester or is it per year? So, So this is amazing. So I've only been doing this for a few years, but in the state of Montana, we actually have about 50 exchange students in Montana. But as an organization, we have brought in over 900 students. And most of the students that came this year are here for a school year program. But we also do semester programs as well. But about 900 students each school year will come into the United States. And that's just in our program. And there's lots of other different exchange programs as well. And so if you think about how many brave international teenagers you know, 15 to 18 years of age. They haven't even graduated. A lot of them have never lived alone. They're willing to come over here and spend 10 months with a brand new family and a brand new school and a brand new community. And that's why being a host family is such a privilege is because you get to be that support network for the student Mm -hmm. while they're over here. And is it always high school that you guys do? Our program is a high school program. Um, I know that when my family was hosting students when I was growing up, a lot of times we would work with college programs. Um, Some programs, they do like a little month-long visits with the students. So instead of a full school year, they just do, you know, short-term visits. So if somebody wanted to get involved in hosting an exchange student, they don't only have to be a host family for the full school year. There's a lot of other small programs. The thing that's really special about doing the full school year is the student is going to be adjusting to so many things when they first get here that that first couple of months is always the most challenging. Mm -hmm. And so after you get through Thanksgiving, the holidays, that's when they really begin to be connected to students in school. They make good friends. They really, their language skills, they start, you know, dreaming in English instead of trying to translate everything. And so I think that's the magic of the year long program is just that they really have become that part of your family and they've become fluent and, you know, all of these things that you can't always get with just a month long program. Definitely. And that goes both ways because, and actually it's funny because Lydia is the first person who told me when I was 17 and graduating high school, before she got on her plane to go back to Germany after she'd been there for the whole year with us, um, I had been talking about um, studying abroad, like in college, you know, and she looked at me and she said, wherever you go, go for a year. Don't think twice about it. And that's one of my favorite pieces of advice that I've ever been given. And I give it now, you know, because as the student too, it's so important to allow yourself the sufficient time because like you said, you know, you're, you're still adjusting in those first few months. You can't, you're not going to pick up the language in four months like you will in eight to 10. Yeah, well, you know, and and, proof of that. I mean, I lived in Ecuador for two months over the summer and, you know, I took high school Spanish and I took a year of college Spanish, which I went to Ecuador and didn't even know how to say the word fork because that is (laughs) how our language classes, you know, they might prepare you as much as possible, but it's not always the most practical 
language and I am not even close to fluent. I mean, if I went back there, they would probably laugh at me if I tried to speak Spanish with them because I wasn't there long enough to get to a point where you're fluent. Um, I have a friend of mine that actually went to Brazil when she was um, in high school for an exchange program and she didn't even speak a word of Portuguese and she came back after the year and is now fluent. And, you know, that was 10 years ago. So there's Mm -hmm. definitely something to be said for you know, really having that transition of translating all the words to just being fluent. Right. So I was 18 when I left to go to Costa Rica. I went to study abroad in Costa Rica and I went for a year just like she had told me to. Um, You know, I didn't even think about it. I I don't even really remember thinking about it twice at all. (laughs) I just signed up for a year and I went. But in those, I mean, you hit it on the, the, you hit it on the head with the whole year long thing just because, you know, it wasn't just the language either. I mean, I definitely became, I had had um, six years of Spanish by then and I already had, I had the grammar down, you know, but what you're talking about is like the colloquial Spanish. That's like the everyday street Spanish that they don't teach you in class, you know, and the best way to learn that is immersion. And after four years of being, or four years, after four months of being in the country, yeah, things were really starting to click for me. Um, like really, you know, like listening to the radio and understanding every word and like being able to go to events where people were speaking through microphones, which is a lot harder to listen to in a foreign language and, you know, understanding everything. But it wasn't just the language. It's everything else. Like at four months, I actually went home for Christmas in the middle of my study abroad year and When we came, we meaning like those of us who were there for the year, when we came back, it was like, this is our country. Like, this is where we're comfortable. This is my family. You know, I know the transportation system. I know what I like. Uh, Like, I learned to dance there, you know, and it's like you just you soak up so much more of the culture when you're able to focus on all of the different things. You know, like if you only go for four months then you're not going to be able to pick up that language. You're not going to be able to learn that salsa or, you know, you're not going to be able to take those cooking classes if you don't have all the time to do it. But if you spread it out, you know, there's so much more about the culture that you can really get for being there for an entire year. So I'm glad that you had that experience. And, you know, looking back, that is one of the things and it's still on my bucket list to become fluent. But the other thing I always tell people about, um, you know, hosting an exchange student or anything is, you know, if, if you have a child that is studying a language and then you host a student from that language, you can have this really wonderful relationship. Like I was in Ecuador and I was studying um, Spanish, obviously, and my host sisters were studying English. And at the end of the day, we would all sit to the, you know, at the table together and help each other with homework. And so I had native Spanish speakers helping me with my grammar and I was a native English speaker and I was able to help them with their homework. And it's the same thing if you were hosting an exchange student in the United States, you get to have that same kind of sharing. And, you know, even for younger kids that aren't in high school, they can still learn those pieces of culture and maybe be inspired to want to learn a new language or be inspired to want to visit and go study abroad. And I think from such a young age, that's a really important thing that we can give to our children. 
Right. And the fact that there's a role model right there in your own house who's between 15 and 18 years old. I mean, that's young. That's brave. You know, they're halfway around the world living with a new family. And what an amazing example they're setting for those young kids that you may have. That's a great point. And You know, it makes me wish that when I was in high school, I was interested in German because, (laughs) you know, like we learned some random words um, and mostly we helped Lydia with English because we didn't speak a lick of German, you know, Um, but and it's it was fun. It was really fun to see her English improve so much. And I think that even those people who have a hard time with foreign languages, if you really go like, this is the way to do it because, and, and not even study abroad programs, I would say foreign exchange, you know, like this high school exchange program is a gold mine for learning a foreign language really, really well, because most of the time, the family that you stay with is not going to speak your language, you know, and you're just thrown right to the wolves and you have no choice but to learn. And, You know, when Lydia came to our house, she decided not to have her family or any of her friends or anybody come visit her for the 10 months that she was with us. She didn't she didn't think she could handle it like emotionally for one thing because she knew she was going to be homesick. But she wanted the challenge of being on her own for that year, you know, and I think that um, even those who struggle with learning a language, when you're in a situation like that, you will pick it up. You will learn it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, where where I was with my language skills, I didn't get past the point of my head hurting because I was translating every single thing I was saying, every single thing that was coming here. And I'm working with a group of students this year. And, uh, you know, and a lot of their English skills are actually really, really great before they get here. But it does vary. And I'm starting to get phone calls from them saying, oh, I'm starting to dream in English or, you know, mm-hmm. I was talking to my parents on Skype the other night and and hearing my German native language sounded weird to me because I'm so used to hearing everything in English. And it's a really remarkable switch um, that they're starting to experience. Yeah, I was witness to that, too, as um, with with Lydia, like when she would call her and she would forget words in German. And, you know, we'd be sitting there listening to her because we just kind of found it fascinating. And when you're 17, you know, and German is just such a it just it's different. (laughs) So we used to enjoy sitting and listening to her. And it was funny because she would forget words in her own language. And, you know, when you get to a point like that, it's like. You're in it, you know, and that's great. Mm -hmm. It's just one of the many benefits, I think, of, you know, being an exchange student. But that's another thing that I kind of wanted to definitely talk about was as a host family, like let's talk about the specific benefits of being a host family and so what many. that means. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead and share some, well, what, what you Okay. Can. So, and I know this from personally being a host family as a child's perspective. And then the cool part about my job is that I actually get to work with all of the host families in my area. So I have, you know, lots of different families and I hear different perspectives. So I think one of them is 
that global friendship. You know, they want to learn about a new culture. And you can learn about another culture from traveling as a tourist. You can learn about another culture from reading it on, you know, in books. You can learn about it in school. But there is something about having somebody who has actually grown up in another country their whole lives, and they get to share that experience with you. Um, So I think that is really special because it's not um, something that you can just get when you go and visit a place or any of those. It's just so rare to get that perspective. Um, I actually had two students, one from Hong Kong and one from China, and they were in um, a history class together. And, you know, they found out that they had both learned different histories about each other's countries from where they grew up. And so when they come here, it just really brings a lot more global awareness. And so especially, you know, for families like we live in Montana, we don't have, you know, quite as much cultural diversity as maybe some of the bigger cities. And so Mm having an exchange student in your home gives you that cultural diversity right there. Um, I think having twice the amount of holidays to celebrate is a huge benefit. Yeah. Um, I or, or maybe different traditions around similar holidays. I had a girl from Slovakia and she actually shared with us that around the holidays, they have a tradition where they, they get a giant fish and they put it in the bathtub in their house <laughs> and all of the little children, they like sing to the fish and they name it and they play with it and then of course, that's their Christmas dinner. Um, I hope it's and, dead first. Yeah, they well, not while it's in the bathtub. While it's oh in the bathtub, gosh. they play with it for like a week, and oh then and then they um, kill it, and then it's dinner. And <laughs> you know, I you know, I barely knew anything about Slovakia until I had this awesome girl Nicoletta come from Slovakia, and um, I was really fortunate. Our organization sent us over to Slovakia in the spring. So I actually, while she was here in the United States, I got to go to Slovakia and learn a few phrases in Slovakian, which is a hard language mm-hmm. to learn and, you know, connect that cultural experience of, you know, that, that she had shared with me with what I actually experienced from being in her country and, you know, that is not something that you can get out of a book or, you know, just on a a travel somewhere, you know, that is something Mm -hmm. that I found out because she came here and shared that with us. And her family tried to find a live fish to keep in the bathtub over Christmas. And um, it's not easy to do that in Montana. So I don't think they were able to do that with her. But in spirit, it was a very cool (laughs) thing to learn. Um, I think some other benefits like what you were saying, you know, if you got younger kids in the house, or even teenagers, having another person um, in your house is a really cool role model um, for your younger kids or for your teenagers to see that somebody that's like their age or older is doing that. And a lot of people think that you have to have a high school student in order to host an exchange student. And I have seen it with, you know, young kids like three and four. Um, I've seen families that don't have any kids, um, some families that might be interested in being like a foster parent or adoption, but have never had teenagers. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a great way to just figure out what that's like. You know, these are good kids that come over here, you know, they're going to be good role models. And I think another huge benefit of hosting an exchange student is that us as Americans, get to see all of our own traditions and all of our own, you know, attractions in our communities through the eyes of a student. So like I live in Montana, I'm an hour from Yellowstone, you know, I've got all these amazing outdoor activities. We, you know, we celebrate Halloween, you know, as teenagers, we all went to high school dances and football games. 
And these exchange students coming over here, these are all brand new things for them. And so we get to walk through this journey with them and almost appreciate where we live, some of our traditions and some of our experiences that we might have taken for granted. And so I think that is another huge positive to hosting an exchange student. Definitely. I love what you said, too, about You know, the fact that we're in Montana and there's not a lot of diversity here. I mean, I feel like that's kind of an understatement, honestly. And, you know, what an opportunity if you do live in a smaller town or somewhere where there isn't a lot of cultural diversity, you know, to bring someone in, introduce them to your community, you know, and and it'll open the eyes of everybody who meets them, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you do get to learn about all that stuff about your own culture. I mean, that's super important. And I definitely remember learning that, you know, when I was 18, just like, sometimes it takes being on the outside to see what your own culture is. I think it really does, actually, Mm because you don't you don't recognize the things that are normal for you until either you're in another place or someone from another place is in your place, you know, and so Mm -hmm. and that's really important. I think it's really important to know what your culture is and where you come from and what what sets you guys apart from us or whatever, you know, from the rest of the world and yeah. And I mean, you can't help but learn about their culture, obviously. So it's huge for just the global awareness thing that you were. Yeah. And, about. you know, the other nice thing and I tell my students and my host families about this is the more we learn about other cultures and, you know, recognize our thing, our, our own culture as Americans is that there's a lot of differences and it's not that one is right and one is wrong, but they're just different. And so the more that we can be accepting of other cultures, religions, backgrounds, traditions, that is how we create world peace. And that's really what the programs are about is, you know, these students come over here, they have a good experience, they experience firsthand about the United States, you know, they get their own perspective about our country from television, from movies, from the media and all of these aspects, but they don't actually know what it's like until they come and live here. And then when they go home and talk to their family and friends, they're getting a completely different perspective of the United States from their personal experience. And we do the same with their countries. And so that's how we promote world peace. Mm -hmm. And tolerance. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a bit of education in that and I you know, definitely you start to you start to realize that some of these stereotypes that we, you know, are so um, attached to are completely wrong. Or you realize that, you know, if you go to California, you're going to get a very different experience than if you go to Texas. And mm-hmm. countries are like that, too. If you go to northern Germany versus, you know, somewhere else, like every area of a country can be completely different from another area. And so instead of just saying, oh, everybody from this country is this way, we start to recognize that, um, you know, everybody is different and that that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really an, a really important lesson. I mean, that's part of the reason that I am doing this whole thing, you know, is because I really think that travel just cultivates this education that you can't help but get, you know, by visiting different corners of the world and seeing how people live and, you know, realizing that (laughs) there's still people like, you know, people still want the same things and they kind of live the same ways, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just just the cultures that separate us and, and the geography, of course. But yeah. So I want to change course a little bit um, because there's and there's so many different programs out there for exchange and study abroad. But um, 
with your 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 experience, not just with your company, but in the past too, has it cost you as a host family to host a student? Do the students pay the host family? Is there any money exchange involved in in your end of things? That's a really good question. And what's important to know is that the Department of State um, actually regulates foreign exchange programs. So there's different programs like I talked about that just do short-term, month-long programs. But for a normal program that I do where it's a school year or semester program, most of the students coming to the public schools are on a J-1 visa, which is an educational student visa program. Mm -hmm. And we're actually not allowed to offer any kind of of, of incentives to the host family. Um, mm-hmm. So we can't pay a host family. Um, we can't offer them, you know, gift cards or, you know, other types of incentives to host a student. Um, so typically what it costs a host family is whatever it would be for room and board. That's what we ask. And we consider it like a volunteer for our program. So mm-hmm. there is a $50 a month tax deduction that they get a letter at the end of the tax year. But other than that, they're not expected to pay for like the student's travel expenses, cell phone, clothing, activity fees. That's all something that the student brings money and they are responsible for that on their own Mm -hmm. because we don't want that burden on a host family. Um, There are students that attend private schools and they're on an F-1 visa. And that means that the visa requirements are very different. That's a renewable one. So if somebody wanted to come and study year after year in high school or go on to a college, they would come on an F-1 visa because it's a renewable visa. And in those cases, they can offer some kind of like a monthly living stipend to the host families. Um, So it just really depends on what type of visa. Now, when I said 900 students, those are all public school students. And so we find 900 host families that volunteer for this program that don't get paid for it in any way. Okay. And that's, that is what I was expecting, or at least hoping for, because I remember when we were, you know, when I was in high school, there wasn't any kind of exchange, you know, we didn't get, like, my parents didn't get any kind of compensation for, Mm -hmm. for this. I mean, basically, we were volunteering to have Lydia in our family. And, um, and yeah, she did pay, like, we went to Mexico. um, We've, we visited Mexico. And we also went to, New York and my parents didn't come with us when we went to Mexico. And so she had the fun, like she paid for that. Um, and my parents actually paid for her when we went to New York. It was like, they just paid for her flight, you know, and, but that was, they didn't have to do that, but they offered to, you know? And so beyond, and and she bought her own everything, like, just like what you were saying, like it really fit made perfect sense because that is exactly financially is the only thing that's not like having your own child. Because financially and like health insurance wise, host families are not responsible. Like they all come over here with health insurance cards, you know, Mm -hmm. they come over here with spending money. So yeah, exactly. That's, we don't want families to feel like they have to pay for those extra things. Right. And that's perfect because that, that makes it really clear. And especially if it's, I didn't realize it was a nationwide like thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's great. I think because that, that means, you know, there's one standard and that's it. So if you, you know, for, for, for people, for people possibly interested in hosting, now you can kind of understand what the money situation is going to look like. You know, I mean, basically we replaced one child with another when my brother went out to college and exactly. Lydia came so in, it's not much different. it really wasn't for my family. Um, you know, but, but 
it is important, I think, to think about that if you are parents, you know, because even if you have a child, like, like in our situation, even if one of your kids is going off to college, there are still going to be those college expenses. So it's also yeah. really important to make sure that you can afford to have that extra kid, yeah. you know, I mean, in your house, which you're already paying for, but just yeah. the extra food and the extra, the activities, because you, you know, yeah. you're going to pay for something along the line. Like of if you guys course. all yeah. go out and, to the movies we, or, yeah. I always tell families that, you know, we don't want families to be under any kind of a financial burden to be hosting an exchange student, you know, so we don't want them to feel stressed out. And, you know, the other thing too, is, you know, when families decide to host for a school year, sometimes there's unforeseen things that happen. You know, maybe somebody loses a job, maybe they find out they're going to be relocated for work, you know, maybe somebody gets sick. And so I just always tell families that, you know, you make the best decision for your family at that time based on what you know. And if there's new information or something changes, that's why you have a local coordinator there that can help work with you and support you. And if we need to find another family during the school year, I think that's another big realistic thing that people always are concerned about is they say, well, what if our student's not a good fit? Or, you know, what if it's just not working out? And so that's a huge hesitation for people wanting to do this. And I just tell people that, you know, you're not stuck. We want this to be a positive experience. And Mm -hmm. if for some reason, just personalities aren't the right fit, or it's not working, then, you know, we're going to figure out something else for that student. Because if it's not working out, it's not going to benefit anybody. And, um, you know, I try to be really flexible as much as possible. And also, um, the cool thing about our program is we've got all these students and most of the time host families actually get to pick out which student they want to invite into their home and they get to read letters and look at their pictures and read about their parents. And so I get to play matchmaker. Yep. And <laughs> it's so it's, it's honestly one of my favorite parts is playing matchmaker and then getting to see the student arrive, you know, a couple of months later and see them in person and know that, you know, that this is all possible because of our programs that we get to make these incredible connections. It's so amazing. That's what we did. I remember looking through the profiles of the different students and (laughs) picking out Lydia. It's so special. It really like you can't really describe it. It's so special when you have and you finally get to meet them. And that person Mm -hmm. really like becomes part of your family. And it's such Mm a I want to say it's a once in a lifetime experience and maybe for, for parents who host multiple times, it's not once in a lifetime or for like the kids who are there through multiple students. But I think for most people on either side of this exchange, it's a once in a lifetime thing. And it's, I think it's, it's not to be missed if you can, if you can make it happen. It's such a unique experience to have just to to do this in your own house, you know, and and such a great way to get into I guess it's it's almost like traveling, but you don't even have to leave, you know, so. Yeah. And, and I always tell people, too, that, you know, if you think about it on the flip side, these parents from all over the world, they are trusting you as American families to take care of their child. I mean, mm-hmm. you also think about sending a child abroad. You know, there is a lot of trust and you realize that families are families and they are going to, you know, really love and support their student just like it was their own. And, 
because you know that that's how you would treat a student that was in your home, you know that if you had somebody going abroad, they would get that same. And I had a girl go to France last year through our program to do the outbound. And, you know, she had a teenage sister. And, you know, again, it's like you have that support system. And so I know for me, my kids are really young and we're going to hopefully host an exchange student maybe the next year or two. But I know that if I have the space in my house and I, I know that I have the love in my heart and I have the passion for this, I am so excited that I can make that dream come true for one of these teenagers. No kidding. What a great opportunity. Talk about good karma. Mm -hmm. Well, that and it's just it's a great opportunity, I think, because I'm I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people out there who this this idea has just never crossed their mind, you know, and just being able to be that person for someone and you're going to get so much out of it, so much more out of it than you will ever realize. You know, they're probably going to teach you more than than you're going to teach them to have to have those students there. But so these, so there's a lot of programs that do this in the U.S. And yours yeah. does inbound and outbound. Mm-hmm. The one that Lydia came through was called a USA, A Y USA, and it's a dem- academic year in the USA. And I, yeah. I was just looking at their website today. It looks like they might only do Germany and Japan, and it mm-hmm. would make sense because she was German, so maybe that's yeah. it. But, but these, I feel like these companies, like none of them are. I don't really see them as competition to each other because they're all doing such great things. So what are some other what are some other companies that you know of like like yours, you know, like let's sure. get some resources out there for yeah. people. So my organization is called ICES and all of us are acronyms like that's the way that I they all are. Yeah. So um so it, it's ICES and it stands for International Cultural Exchange Services and our program we work with about 20 different countries from all over the world um and the way that all the exchange organizations work is we have global partners. So in all the countries where we have students, we have a partner there and they are the ones that screen and and find all of the students and then they send us their application. So, you know, some of the other top names that are out there that you've probably heard of, um, ASF and EF are two of the ones that I know. Um, that are just, they've been around forever. Um, Rotary is another program. And Rotary, the cool thing about them is they actually do full-on exchanges. My sister, when she was in high school, she did an exchange through Rotary where, and I think I was already out of the house, but we had a girl from Spain that came and lived with my family. I think they lived maybe for a month or two over the summer. And then my sister went over to Spain and lived with her family. So it was actually like they were both there together in the United States and then they were both there together in Spain and then she stayed so close with them that she went and visited them a year later so that's wow. another program um and Wait, the organization yeah hold on just a sec that you mean did you just mean that like sh- the the Spanish girl came over and they they were both in the U.S. at the same time and then they both went back is that what you said so- So basically, my sister is in the United States, yeah, and the girl from Spain came over and lived with my family and my sister um, for the month or two program, and then the girl went back to Spain, and my sister went over to Spain and lived with her and her family. So the two teenagers were together in both places at the same time, so they became like sisters, but they each lived in each other's houses. That's incredible. I actually didn't know that about Rotary. What I understood about Rotary was that 
you go, I mean, it's a high school thing and you stay in like three different houses, like with Mm -hmm. three different families. Is that still the case? I think they have that program too. And I'm not as familiar with that, but I just know that that was what my sister did. And I thought that was really cool because so cool because then you also have an ally along with this, you know, like the girl came over here and they bonded and became friends and then Mm -hmm. they went over there. Um, our program, uh, we do the outbound. We also do the inbound program. Um, it's really cool. I have an awesome story. So two years ago, I had a girl from Germany and she came and lived with a family here in Bozeman, Montana, and she loved it so much. And she kept saying, Oh, my brother's going to come on program in a couple of years. And Mm. so (laughs) of course she goes back. And now this year, which is like two years later, her brother Moritz is here from Germany living with the same host family. Uh, That gave me chills. (laughs) that's super cool and so I've got to meet both of them from the same family you know they have completely she was a cheerleader he's now a football player (laughs) and you know it's just these these amazing experiences um I also I was just in Brazil um and when I was down in Brazil I was talking with this really wonderful woman and she had come to the United States on an exchange program when she was in high school and So the host mom that she's with also works with our organization as local coordinator. Well, now she lives in Brazil. She has a teenage daughter herself. So this Mm -hmm. was years ago when all this happened. She is sending her teenage daughter to the United States this year, and she is living with the same host mom that she had. And Uh, and I'm getting chills, too, like thinking about this. And so, you know, it just crosses generations, these kinds of friendships that you establish. It's so amazing that this is happening. I mean, this is a real exchange, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's so big. It's on such a global scale. So Mm -hmm. what an amazing thing to be able to do your own family like you guys can be a part of this. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the organizations, I mean, people might think, well, I'm in a small town. I'm not in a big city. I mean, I have people all over rural Montana and people might say, oh, nobody's going to want to come and live here. Well, I have somebody from, you know, from Bangkok, Thailand, living in Livingston, Montana, you know, talk (laughs) about a culture shock. And, you know, I had, you know, you have students from these, and, you know, the other thing you have to remember is we think about international cultures, and we think of the big cities, a lot of these kids also come from very small towns, Mm -hmm. you know, and, so, I mean, I have students, you know, that there's, you know, 200 people out their school and they're at Bozeman High School with almost 2000. And that is a culture shock to have that many students at a school. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no matter where you live in the United States, there's there is definitely an organization, whether it's ICES or another organization, you know, you can go on Google and, and look for foreign exchange organizations. But, you know, we are always looking for loving homes. And like I said, you don't have to have a child at home. You don't have to know how to speak any languages. Um, you don't have to have huge financial resources as long as you're stable and can take one more in for meals and room like that's all you need mm-hmm. um, and students can even share a bedroom with somebody that's the same gender and about the same age so if you mm-hmm. had you know a teenager at home and you don't have a spare bedroom but they can do bunk beds like that's a great opportunity as well right so where can people go to learn more about ICES 
So the easiest thing to do is to visit our website and it's icesusa.org and you can learn more about um, hosting an exchange student, about becoming an exchange student and there's lots of great resources and, and you know from my experience I just love what I do. I forget that it's a job because I see the connections that people make and so I just feel very grateful that I get to be a part of this experience for people and, and help make these dreams come true and, and these global friendships possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to, um, I guess, just challenge listeners, you guys out there who might be interested in doing this, just look into it, you know, because it is such an amazing experience and you get so much out of it. I mean, I we had, you know, Lydia in high school and I studied abroad three times since then, you know, and it's just it just it, it starts something, you know, and it's going to be different for every person. And so I would encourage anyone interested to at least look into it because these we do need families, you know, um, these students are coming. And so it would be so awesome to to get some people around that because it's such a good organ. It's such a, it's such a good opportunity and and it's a good mission, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and I don't know about you, but I know at least from my experience when I was studying abroad, you know, you can stay in a dorm when you're in college or you can do these other things. But my host family is the best thing that I got out of my experience, you know, mm-hmm. aside from learning the language and the culture and everything else, they were not only my support system, but, you know, I have memories of salsa dancing with my host <laughs> mom in the kitchen and she's teaching me how to cook and they're laughing because I'm mistaking the word for, um, <laughs> for sand, for the word for flour when we're trying to bake. Oh yeah. And they're just arena or arena and arena. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they're just cracking up laughing because I said that you need to put the sand and the cookies and you know like those are the memories that I walk away from and so I know Mm -hmm. that for a student coming over here being a host family can be the most amazing part of their journey here Mm -hmm. and to just know that they're not alone in this and that they have the love and support and that you can make these memories and you know I think it's funny too you know you get in fights sometimes just like with siblings, yep. you know, they, you, you let your guard down and, you know, things are not going to be perfect during the whole year. But I think, again, it really challenges you to work through those differences and, you know, to also know that you're going to be loved even if you make mistakes. Definitely. And I mean, that's, you know, families aren't perfect. So why would this be any different, really? It's just that you're adding another person and there's so much more to that, I think. I mean, I I agree with what you said about your your host family. Mine, oh my gosh, I was so lucky. I had the most amazing host family I could have dreamed of in Costa Rica for that entire year. I mean, I knew some people who ended up moving out of their families and into an apartment, you know, for the second semester or like they had to switch families. And I think I might have been the only one who was over the moon about who I got matched with, you know, like I just it was incredible. But that was also during college, which is when people are more inclined to be on their own. And, you know, I think maybe being with a family wasn't quite for everyone. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it is a little bit weird once you go to college and study yeah. abroad or, or once you go to college on your own and then you go study abroad and it's like, whoa, I'm going to live with a family again. Like this is going to be odd, but you know, like when you get those students in high school, most of them have not had that opportunity yet. And so they fit Mm -hmm. into a family much, 
much better. Um, and yeah, yeah, it is those memories. I mean, I remember sitting around the dining table with my host dad in Costa Rica, and he was actually an English teacher at a high school. He has great English. It's probably better than mine, but um, and he would teach me, and I loved this. I mean, I think a lot of people would probably be like, really? This is what you did in your free time? But like, we would go over vocab, and he would teach me, you know, words according to like different subjects. Like, we, I would learn everything about the soccer field and like soccer games like he teach me all the vocab you know and I mean I'm not gonna get that I don't know it was just it was so fun I remember those like those moments those dear moments you know and he was very musical and he used to play like he played every kind of instrument and he would sing and just like it is so fun you know I just got along with them so well and I have so many great great memories with my family and yes we keep in touch and yes I've been back to visit you know, and it's that's I mean, I'm going to have that forever. And so will you. Yeah, I know. And it's just it is it's like so close to your heart. And, you know, I was 19 when I did my study abroad. And, you know, now almost 10 years later, I had a journal. And I think that's the other thing. If you're going to be traveling or studying abroad or any of these, write it down, whether it's a blog or Facebook or journals or something, because I am looking back at my experience. And one day I would write, Oh, everything is awful. I can't stand it. Why do they do things? And then the next day, everything is wonderful. I love everything about this place. And just being able to see myself and remember what it was like in that experience really helps me to be that much more understanding of my students that are here now and be able to really counsel and support them and also, you know, help the host families to understand that there is a lot to adjust to. And, you know, we can be a really key player in, you know, making it a positive experience for the students. Yep, exactly. Uh, my journal that I kept when I was living in Costa Rica, I actually started writing in Spanish when I lived there. And I wrote my journal in Spanish for like two or three years after that point. Like the whole thing is in Spanish. So cool. I, I can never uh, forget how to speak Spanish because I won't be able to learn or to read my, my journals. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. I journaled a lot when I was there. And I think that's that definitely adds the experience to, to, to soak everything in and remember everything. And yeah. Well, my goodness, I could talk about this forever. I love it. And it just brings back so many good memories and like so many good feelings, you know, and I love that you're doing this and that you're so passionate about it. And I really hope that through this conversation that we've had, you know, we've been able to inspire some people to start thinking about it, um, you know, because there's so many organizations out there that need families and um, what a great thing to be a part of. So I really appreciate you coming on. It's been really awesome. Well, and thank you so much. I really have enjoyed this opportunity. And, you know, I, I people ask me why I'm so excited about it. It's just because I know how much this brought to my life mm -hmm. and continues to. I finally, I've got a map on my wall at home. And every time I have a welcome barbecue with the next, you know, 20 exchange students, I have them put a little pin from where they are. Mm -hmm. And I hope that, you know, in the next few years that, that map is filled up with pins from all over the world. And, you know, I would love to travel to all of these places. And I know that logistically it just might not happen. And so at least I've gotten pieces of, of their culture and their, um, you know, all of this that, that I've experienced from getting to know each of these incredible teenagers. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. A great point to end on. So Sierra, thanks again. And uh, yeah, good luck with your students. And I hope everything goes well. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. All, All right, right. Bye. Bye. 
you know, just listening to that interview over again as I'm editing this episode, it just, it it like fills me up. It makes me feel so inspired really because, I mean, I guess as from having the personal experience of having been there and done that, you know, I, I truly understand the depth of it. Um, but I really hope that this interview has inspired you and given you a glimpse of what this could look like in your own house, in your own life, um, in your own relationships. And I really hope that if, if it is within your capabilities to accept um, a foreign exchange student into your house, that you would consider it because it's incredible. It's one of the most amazing things that you can do for yourself and for the student. So anyway, I would encourage you to do your own research around it if it is something that interests you. And you can, if you want, you can start with the links that we um, mentioned in this episode. You can find the resources on the, the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 26. Um, there are some links to the organizations that we mentioned already here. And you can take it from there. And I would love to hear if you decide to do this or if you already have a success story around having done this in the past, please, please share in the show notes or on the comments, in the comments on the show notes page, because we would love to hear about it. So that's it for today. Thanks so much, you guys for listening and I'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.